Welcome to the Church of the Redeemers Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Jesus. 
What next? Jesus rarely, rarely calls for famous. He rarely calls for the powerful, the influential, or even religious groups to preach the gospel. He works best with those who feel that they have nothing to offer him, but will follow and obey him anyway. He works best with those who, who don't have anything. Jesus prefers to go to the highways and the hedges, the streets and the routes, and seek out those who have been crippled by sin and know it. He seeks the ordinary, the plain, like you and me, the unimpressive, the oblivious man and woman and boy and girl who does not seem to really stand out or shine like everybody else. and call things what they are. In other words, to speak to those things that be not. Even in your brokenness, he says, speak and it shall be because I'm God. Unimpressed with the antics and the words of the rich, the famous, and the power. We all have one thing in common. According to Dr. Brene Brown, she says, we're sick of feeling afraid. She said we're tired of the national conversation centered on what we should fear and who we should blame. She points out that we have a spiritual problem. Fear is everywhere. With every change of the TV channel, with every click of the mouse, with every swipe of a cell phone, a scroll of an iPad, something or someone tells us to be afraid. But fear is not nothing new. See, the disciples even dealt with it in the gospel lesson today. Jesus asked something of them that would terrify any of us. Jesus called the disciples away from their familiar comfort, away from the stuff that they used to do, away from their walk of life. He called them away from something. He's calling us right now in the midst of where we are. Even through trials and tribulations, even through death, through sickness, he's calling us away from the unfamiliar. They were comfortable with life as Galilean fishermen. But he called them away from the safety of their fishing nets. He called them to a life of discipleship. His four disciples were fishermen. They were rough, coarse, smelly, sweaty, swearing men who did not take nonsense from anybody. Who probably had been in a fight or two. Who were brawny veterans of rough weather, torn necks, bad days, poor catches, and a few choice words for the Roman authorities and the Heronian rulers who taxed them constantly. Do you see yourself anywhere in that list? Rough got a few choice words. 
Want to tell somebody how you feel? Want to tell somebody off? I see myself in that. And as Jesus walked on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he finds these men and he tells them to follow him. Now their days of catching fish had come to an end. The days of pretending, the days of running the street, the days of being the player of players, the day of being the party animal, the days of what people used to know you until God called you in this church. Now they were going to be commissioned to catch men in the nets of the kingdom of God from that day on. Let me stop here and just say this to you. It would take an extraordinary person to convince me to walk away from my livelihood to follow him around while he teach Bible study lessons. Think about that. It take an extra ordinary person to convince me, he said, Campbell, I need you to leave your town. Campbell, I need you to leave what you're doing. I want you to follow around, carry my Bible while I teach Bible study lessons. I'm just making it real for you today. Yet somehow, these disciples overcame the reliance on normality and stability. And when they followed Jesus, they were on a high wire without a safety net to catch them. They only had one option, and that's to trust them. And that's where I find myself at today. In the midst of my trials and tribulation, yes, sir. I gotta trust him. Even when it don't look too good, I still got to trust it. People are looking to you and me in order sometimes to find that trust. Not that you're the model, but the fact is that you got something that they don't have. You said you got Christ with you every day. Well, now it's time for us to show it. So here are my points in this text today for you and for me. The first thing that I see it says, as he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, and when he saw these brothers, and verse 13 says, and he said to them, follow me. Before he said that, he wanted them to let understand that they need to let go. I say to the church, we need to let go. Some of us refuse to let go. If we don't let go, we cannot move forward. God desires his people to let go of past circumstances, let go of an unpleasant history, let go of lame excuses, let that stuff go. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. According to Ecclesiastes 4, 6, it says, with tranquility than two handfuls with toil 
and chasing after the winds. In other words, it is better to have enough so that you can enjoy what you have than to have more and never enjoy it. See, the problem is everything in our culture screams the opposite. So, what is the safety net we're holding on to? Is it a mindset? Is it an attitude? Is it a need for control? Is it an addiction? Is it unpossessed anger that we repress and ignore shame from never feeling good enough? What is it that's holding us? Jesus says to Peter and Andrew, and he also says to us, he says, I can put a different net into your hand. He said, but not until you let go of the net you're holding on to now. He said, I can give you a different fishing pole to fish with, Deacon Nicks. He said, but you just got to let go of the one that you're holding now. I can give you a different devotion. I can give you a different mindset. I can give you a different attitude. I can give you a different worldview. But you got to let go of what you're holding on right now. See, we must let go of the net that we are the only one who can do something. He said, you gotta let go of the net because you're the oldest in your family. Everybody is depending on you. He said, you gotta let go of the net that keeps us paralyzed by our fears. That says things will always be this way. See, as long as you feel that you're an inferior, you defeat yourself. And when we are plagued by inferiority, we must measure our life against what God says and not what people expect. Jesus is saying we got to let go. I don't know if he's talking to me by myself. But I know I'm holding on to some stuff inside of me. God ain't pleased with it. God knows your heart because he knows every hair on your head. I've been pleading and praying for him to take this burden from me. He said, I took it from you a long time ago, but you keep picking it back up. Jesus called his disciples away from their familiarity. Then he gave them a job. He said, I want you to fish your people. Think about that. He called you away from the stuff that you used to. He said, because I got a different job for you. I want you to fish for people. That's why I said, he said, you got to let go. And in that same text, he used a simple word. He says, follow me. That's why I had a problem. Follow him while he teach Bible study lessons. Follow him while he feed people. Follow him. Jesus had told Peter and Andrew to quit their fishing business. 
Because whatever you sold 
He's going to bless you and crown you when you get to heaven. So what type of fishermen were these men? What type of fish were they fishing for? I'm glad you asked me. The term fishes of men, it was not new. See, for centuries, Greek and Roman philosophers had used it to describe the work of men who seek to catch others by teaching and persuasion. Fishing for men is but one of many pictures of what is called evangelism in the Bible. And we must not limit ourselves to it. See, fishermen were central to the Galilean economy, and men made a good living by standards of their culture. No different than where we are today. To truly follow Christ means we do not follow anything else. To truly follow Christ. See, we, we serve a God as a jealous God. You can't be following something else and think you just don't include Jesus in it. It sounds good, but it just don't work. Because he's jealous. Luke 9, 24 says, Whoever wants to be what? My disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, not my cross, their cross, daily and follow me. That's what it says. Thus, when these fishermen, when they looked at where Jesus had took them, they had no problem in doing what he asked them to do. These fishers are men. Thus, when these fishers left to follow Jesus, they left behind a good income because that was the source of their trade. See, this American woman, she left her pots when she had that encounter with Jesus. Matthew left the tax table to follow Jesus. Blind Bartimaeus took off his coat to follow Jesus. What are you willing to leave behind to follow Jesus? So why would Jesus call so many fishermen? I'm glad you asked. One, for one thing, fishers were busy people. Usually a professional fisherman did not sit around doing nothing. Too many of us are just sitting around waiting. What you waiting on? The bus had already went by. What are you waiting on? That career path that you were on is already out the door. What are you waiting on? They either stored their fish to catch, prepared their nets, or mended their equipment, but they were busy people. See, the Lord needs busy people who are not afraid to work. Busy people like Saul was looking for his father's donkey. Busy people like David who was keeping his father's sheep. Busy people like the shepherds who were guarding their flocks. Busy people like Matthew who was working at the tax table. Busy people like Moses who was tendering his father's flock. Busy people. Gideon's thrashing week. He's looking for busy people. So when we're sitting at home just watching TV, I ain't being busy. That's classic. 
Bible the seventies was sitting in the boat, holding the nets, and it says immediately they began to follow Jesus. Immediately they left their nets. Immediately they left their boats. Immediately they left their family. Immediately they followed Jesus. Jesus calls every one of us to follow him, and we should resemble the disciples. But when Jesus calls us to service, we should do it without a moment's delay. That's the challenge that the church has. That's the challenge that we have individually. And until we have that sense of immediacy, it will be very hard to follow. So don't focus on all that has gone bad in your past. Jesus' forgiving power is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. His power to sanctify and cleanse you of all unrighteousness immediately is the same today. He isn't concerned about where you've been, but whether where you're going. So our walk with God depends on us being able to respond to the Lord. And sometimes it is a, in a slow fashion. But there are other times God wants us to respond to his spirit right away. Without even thinking about it. Can we do that? See, change is difficult for us. We live in a world that can easily mold us into its image. So often we're afraid of what it might bring, but yet when we look at the world around us, we don't want things to stay the same either, do we? Things evidently eventually change. They might change for the better, but they might also change for the worse. See, it's up to us working in the power of God to make sure that they change for the better. Because when people are truly changed, they will follow Jesus. That's what I saw in this passage this morning. How do we leave the safety of our nets? I'm done, but I got to tell the story. One evening, a young woman went out alone to walk barefoot by the ocean at, after the sun had set. She stopped in her path and turned so she could see the footsteps she had left in the sand. But they had already been washed away by the waves. And when she turned to continue her walk, she was startled by the presence of an old woman who appeared out of nowhere. Wrapped in a blanket and sitting by the fire, slowly paging through the leaves of a leather-covered book. She walked up to the woman and asked, Where did you come from? I didn't see you here a moment ago. And how did you start the fire so quickly? Her questions went unanswered, but were instead met with this reply. The woman said, Sit with me, child. I have something to show you. And as the young woman sat down beside the fire, the mysterious stranger handed her the book. 
She curiously turned the pages one by one and was amazed to discover that they contained the story of her whole life. From the early days of her childhood to the present time, even with the woman that she had just met. She frantically began to turn the rest of the pages only to find that the rest of the pages were all empty. In bewilderment, she looked at the old woman and asked her to explain, does this mean that my life tonight is over? The old woman says, no, my child. It means tonight your life begins. At that moment, the old woman took the book into her hands that she had gave the girl and began to tear out each page, throwing away all the old pages that had print on them, gave the woman the book back, and when she got the book back, she had nothing but blank pages left. Well, what does this mean? The woman said, just as the waves washed away your footsteps in the sand, your past is forever gone. Never to be remembered. The only moment you ever truly possess is here and right now. And each new moment is the beginning of the rest of our lives and it's to be lived in its fullness. See, when we leave our nets behind, we will be embraced with new opportunities. When we leave our nets behind, our past is no longer a hindrance. When we leave our nets behind, the urgency to follow Christ is real. When we leave our nets behind, the blank pages in our life can be reshaped into a new story. When we leave our nets behind, we can become what the Bible says. He says it's going to make you sisters of men. When we leave our nest behind, the safety of our nest, are you willing to step out of your net today? The doors of the church are open. Is there one today? Are you willing to step out? I gave you a fishing story, but it probably wasn't what you was looking for, was it? But I want us to understand that as we go through trials and tribulations of life, you going into a unfamiliar area because you're so used to your comfort. You're so used to having dinner at the same time every night. Wake up and have a bagel, cup of coffee, and when something happens that interrupts that flow, that takes us out of that safety net that we're looking for. When somebody is sick in your family, or when a loved one passes, that takes us out of that safety net. But we can't lose hope that God is in control. He's still sovereign in everything that he does. So if you don't know Jesus Christ is a part of your sin, all you have to do is just confess with your mouth to the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. The Bible says salvation is yours. Is there one? You don't have a church home. Church of Redeemer is here. We're available. All you have to do is just call us through the week. Leave your name, your phone number, we'll call you back. We'll walk you through the plan of salvation. As they saying today, as as is there one? Is there one? Wondering how the storm 
Yes. Sing so, my sister. Show me life if I put it in your hand. Yeah. Oh. 